Why are Christian American values so important? Good morning, Christian America. That's what we're going to talk about today as we focus on the family. Why is it our calling? Why is it our duty? Why is it our responsibility to stand strong for Christian American values? Why are they important? And what is the danger of us, the believers, those who try to follow Christ? Why is it so important for us to stand strong in these values and promote these values and and what would happen and if we didn't if we left this vacancy for other ideas and other people to to fill what would that do to our families and our communities what would do what would that uh, do to our the next generation to our children to our children's education what would it, what would it do to our country let's talk about that more as we focus on the family this morning good morning christian america So good morning, Christian America. Eddie here with the Christian American Community and the Christian American T-Shirt Company coming to you again on another Friday as we come to you every Friday to get you to focus on the family. The week is almost done, ladies and gentlemen. One more day, one more day of work, one one more day of school, one more day of the weekly grind, and then we get into the weekend, and then hopefully it's time for you to to take a breather, take a, uh, a chance to relax and get out and and spend some time with those whom you love the most, those whom you are the most familiar with, those um, who you spent the majority of your time, hopefully during the weekend with your families and your friends and your, uh, the people in your community, the people that you love the most and, and the people that most love you. And it's, it's these people that we have influence over. It's these people that we want nothing but the best for. We want nothing but good things for. We want nothing but prosperity for. We want nothing but a, a wonderful, long-lasting, happy life dedicated towards hopefully a good cause. And that good cause provides purpose and meaning in our lives and their lives. And and and, and that way we can, we can all live a little bit uh, better. We can all breathe a little bit easier. We can all celebrate a little bit more and we can all praise God together because that is what makes a successful life. That is what makes a prosperous life. That is what makes life worth living is celebrating and praising our Lord Savior, trying to follow his commandments because if we follow his commandments, we'll be better people. It will help us become better people. We would be more generous. We would be more compassionate. We would be more loving. We would be more caring. We would uh, we would help our neighbors to our left and our right. We would help them in difficult situations. We would uh, we would be reliant on one another, and others would be reliant on us. And the community would go grow stronger. We would we would build communities rather than uh, tear them apart. And it seems. Uh, in 2019 that there's so much of the tearing apart that's taking place and very little of the building together um, that should be taking place and and you have to ask ourselves why is that well we tend to believe that the reason we're having such a difficult problem uh, interacting with one another these days is because we've lost faith we've lost faith as a community we've lost faith as a nation and and the one uh, idea that should bring bring us all together and that is that we are children of God and I don't mean that rhetorically I mean that seriously I mean that because 
This country was founded on that idea. It was founded on the idea that because God made each and every one of us, that we are all equal. And it's that equality under God that inspired our founders, that inspired this nation to the novel concept that we are all created equal. Now, did it turn out that way right away? It did not. But the foundation was laid uh, to promote equality. And over time, that, that's essentially what's happened is we've developed a more equal nation uh, based on you know, skin color and, and, and gender and, uh, and, and anything else. I mean, it, we're, we're as, as equal as we have ever been at any point in any society in the history of the world right here in America. But that foundation was founded upon the idea that we are all equal in God's eyes. God made us. God created us. Uh, in the Declaration of Independence, it clearly spells out the founders' thoughts that we were that we have inalienable rights that no one could take away. That, that were quote unquote endowed by our Creator. The understanding that these rights were given by God. Let's not forget that before this nation, the king was seen as a divine instrument. If you dig, uh, did some digging into history, you wouldn't have to dig far to understand that the idea was that there was God, and then under God was God's representation. And at different times in different cultures, that representation has taken various forms. At one point, that representation was the Pope. At another form, you know, that representation was the king. It was royalty, royal blood that you were born into. And that, that God divinely inspired you to have this position above other men and women. Uh, and, and due to that, all the subjects were to pledge loyalty to that king, they were to, to loyalty to that crown because God had put them there. That was the idea. But not in America. In America, we fought that idea. We fought the idea that there were any more or less represent representatives or representation for God. That God created each and every one of us. And, un and because of that, then we are all equal. And if we are all equal, then there is no king that, that sits divinely over anyone. It's that principle that created this country. People don't want to talk about that, but that is the principle that created this country. That is the principle, the, the founding principle that built the Declaration of Independence, that has spawned the Constitution of the United States through much debate and, and, and much compromise. It wasn't a perfect document, but is the most perfect document for governing any country, but it's all based in the idea that there is a God and that we have faith in that God and that we were created from that God. And if we believe that, which we do, then what is our responsibility to uphold those standards, to promote those standards, to voice and speak the idea which I just spoke? Rather than sit silent while evil ideas take hold and take root, rather than evil ideas that permeate around our culture, that we have no shortage of people on television, on radio, on the internet, and anywhere else where people uh, view or, or listen to other people talk, there's no shortage of people that are unbelievers, that are non-Christians, 
uh, and, and people that are anti-Christian. They have no problem. We have no shortage of people speaking out their opinion against Christ, against God. But where are the people that's, that should be speaking out for him? Where are we at as a Christian American community? And why is it important that we stand, as Paul says, in the full armor of God against these ideas? Even back then, Paul says we're at war. We are not war in the physical sense, he says, but we're at war of ideas and the ideas of Christ and God as, a, as the divine who sent his son to save our sins and give us his revelation in scripture and this revelation is many many things but one of those things is that it is a rule book to follow and it is is it a rule book to, book to follow simply to follow or is it a rule book to follow that would then lead to something better that would lead you to behave a little bit better that would lead us to communicate and cohabitate a little bit easier. To love one another as you love yourself. Imagine if we lived up to just that one aspect. To love one another as you love yourself. And there's a lot of platitudes, ladies and gentlemen, in 2019. There's a lot of people that are on TV that pretend to be somebody important, that they pretend to know a thing or two, and they use these platitudes of caring and tolerance and compassionate and diversity and all these buzzwords that we love to say to be a compassionate leader to be a servant leader in order to run your business more efficiently and to inspire more loyalty amongst your peers and and those around you there's there's no shortage of tech gurus of leadership uh thought leaders and and uh, you know virtue signaling uh, on any media outlet that you can look at, there's no shortage of people that are that will continuously uh, speak out on these, you know, commonly accepted platitudes about care and compassion and and love one another and 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 uh, being born a certain way and yada yada yada. Where did they? Where did that idea come from? Where did the idea that we should love? each other in our in the community and we should embrace one another regardless of our own faults where did this idea come from did it come from 2015 did it come from you know did it come from a recent president did it come from uh, some recent organization did it come from uh, some entrepreneur it came from the biblical text it came from God it came from Jesus's top two commandments to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and to love one another as you love yourself. Because if you do these two commandments, all the rest, you, you would encompass all the other previous commandments by doing these two things, loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving each other as you love yourself. You would automatically be compassionate. You would automatically not judge them. You would automatically not commit adultery. You would automatically not covet and be jealous. You would not be envious. You would not be gluttonous. You would not be any of the other ridiculously uh, ridiculous sins that are out there that Jesus can specifically talks about. You don't have to argue each one of those points. All you have to do is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And if you did that, you would read his book. And if you read his book, you'd understand 
a little bit more in detail what that meant to love God and what he's done for us and why you should love him. And then if you loved each other as you loved yourself, imagine how much of us love ourselves in 2019 in this selfie culture, this me culture. Now imagine if you loved one another as you loved yourself, what would that mean? You would you would spend that much more attention to other people and their profiles and their social media accounts as you did yours. You would you would enjoy their company as you enjoy your own company. The the country I think would be I think we could all agree would be much much better off if we understood that. We understood where it came from, where these platitudes that so many people repeat like like parrots. But understand the depth of their words and where they come from, where they originate, where they originated from. And they originated, my friends, from this beautiful text that God provides us, his revelation. And why is it so important that we understand it? Because first we must understand it in order to speak on it. If you listened to the podcast earlier this week, we talked about speech, we talked about speaking things into existence, we talked about how in the very first paragraphs in the first pages of Genesis, God speaks the earth into existence. He speaks light into existence. He speaks the earth and the land and the waters, and he separates the sky by voicing it, by speaking it into existence. And and it's through that speech, that ability to speak that we have, that we can do so much with. Because that speech spawns ideas, and those ideas spawn action. So when you and I and the Christian American community is silent in our beliefs, in our beliefs, what does that mean? It means that there is no action. If we are silent in our beliefs, that means there is no ideas. If there are no ideas, then that means there are no action. And if there's no action, we're stuck. We're still, we're stagnant. But like I said earlier, the non-believers, the anti-Christians, They don't have a a problem not speaking. They're quick to speak. They're quick to give their opinions, educated or not uneducated more more than likely, especially uneducated and unknowledgeable in Scripture and and where some of these uh, ideas that that they, they claim to care for originated from. But while, so while the anti-Christians and the non-believers are out there speaking at every chance and every camera and every microphone that they can find to get their ideas across, and we are embarrassed or scared or timid uh, or at, at the very least shakable in our beliefs that we don't want to speak on it because we're not educated in it either because we refuse to read scripture. We refuse to hear the words of God. We refuse to listen to his commandments and to make believers of all nations and to understand what he said in the four books of the gospel and then throughout the entire text of the scripture to understand where God has taken us from and where he's taking us in the long run. Our failure to understand that brings... Uh, timidness and that timidness brings shame that we call ourselves believers but we don't uh, act like it we don't read we don't study we don't meditate we don't we may go to church on Sunday we may not go to church on Sunday uh, we may listen to the preacher pastor or priest minister or we may not and because of this shame of the way that we act that uh, in turn makes us silent and that silence 
then stagnates us. Meanwhile, the enemy continues to gain ground. Gain ground with who? Gain, gain ground with our neighbors. Gain ground with our children. Gain ground in our education system. Gain ground in our universities. Gain ground in our politics. Gain ground in every organization and institution that you could possibly think of. The ideas of the unbelievers, the ideas of the anti-Christians, the ideas that this is just a collection of random stories put together by old people that we no longer have to listen to. Those ideas get traction in our ideas, the truth, God's ideas, the, the words and uh, of, of scripture and his re revelation get very few views, get very few uh, people talking because who's saying anything? Who's saying anything of any importance? It's important that we stand strong in our beliefs for, for Christ. We have, it's important that we live out the values that are espoused in this book and these stories and these and this example set by Jesus and these laws set by God, explained through Christ, the spirit of the law and what's important in our lives and how we should not judge but how we should love but how we should still hold the standard because as uh, Matthew 5 19 says, uh, therefore anyone who sets aside the least of these commandments and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. In short, that translates is that if you teach people to go against the word of God, then you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But conversely, it's true also that if you obey his commandments and you teach others accordingly, that you will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And that's what it's important for us to do. It's important for us to teach others to live according to God's word. And because it, not only would we be called great in the kingdom of heaven, but also we can inspire and encourage our children in the future generation to understand these words as as we understand them, as we, or, or hopefully even greater than we understand them. And that way good ideas can permeate and be spoken throughout our society and spoken throughout our country and that we can grow in faith collectively rather than just hiding our faith within the four walls of our, of our church or our community or our household. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're not going to do that, if we're not going to stand firm in the full armor of God, if we're not going to read and meditate and understand the biblical text, if we're not going to take the time and the effort to do that, and then have the courage then to speak to others on what is right and what is wrong, then how will the next generation understand what's right and wrong if you don't teach them? Imagine a child growing up. You, you, you know there are children that are found periodically that have been left or lost in the woods, and there it, what happens is that if a child is not raised with a parent, with a parent, someone who speaks, they're going to reach a certain age, and after that certain age, they will be almost unable to speak. They'll be almost unable to function because it's so important to that growth of that of that young child that they see and hear and speak and try to speak and understand and try and different things. That way, that that's how the brain works. That's how the brain functions. And it, and even as a small child, they developed ideas of what works and what doesn't work. What are the sounds that I make to get the things that I want? And then ideas form and they grow and they progress and they, they become people like you and I. But without that, they become unrepairable. They, they become uh, permanently disabled. 
And that's what we're doing to our children when we don't speak up on the ideas of Christ. We don't speak up on his commandments. We be we permanently disable our children. And so we leave them to strangers. We leave them to the world and to all the world's temptations and all the world's sins. And we send them out, as, as Christ says, as sheep amongst wolves. And what happens is, is the wolves devour our children and they are devouring the next generation. They're, they're teaching the next generation that there is no God. They're teaching the next generation that there is no Christ. They're teaching the next generation that you can be a good person without understanding where quote unquote good comes from. If you don't know what good comes from, then how can you be a good person? You're left to your own devices and left to my own devices. I can make anything good as evil as I want it to be. I can still call it good. And if and if there is no objective good, then we'll just do that and we'll live in sin and misery uh, forever and ever until God's wrath occurs. And we don't want that. We don't want that for ourselves. We don't want that for our children. We don't want that for our grandchildren. We don't want that for our communities, for our families. We don't want that for our country. So what do we do about it? Ladies and gentlemen, you read scripture, you, you try to understand it as best you can. You listen and look to podcasts and people to speak about scripture and kind of understand what's being said and, and, and listen to the ideas that are being spoken. And when you agree with those ideas, if they may, those ideas make sense to you, because the great thing about scripture is also when you read what Christ says, when you read what Christ says about behaving and treating one another, all of it rings true to you. The reason it rings true to you is because it's true about us because he created us. He knows us. He knows our nature. He knows the world. He came down to experience exactly what we experience. The temptation, the struggle, the pain, the mock, the mockery, the to be persecuted, to be beaten. He understands the physical, the mental aspects of being us. And he's saying, this is how you live a more prosperous life. This is how you live a more purposeful life. You, This is how you live in Christ. You, you live Christocentric for him and you seek him. And that idea needs to transfer not only from your own brain, but to your lips out into the world and to the ears of our children so our children can then think about these things and develop their own understanding of Christ, their own understanding of what it means to be a human being, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to be a person and how to interact with one another without killing one another as happened for hundreds and thousands of years. Left to our own devices, we are destructive people. We literally destroyed the Son of Man who was sinless out of jealousy and envy and arrogance and ignorance. We must, as adults, as Christian Americans, as followers of Christ, we must understand that it is our responsibility to share the Word of God with those closest to us and on I can think of no better time than this Friday to spend time with your family and your friends and those around you and learn and love and speak goodwill and understand uh, pass on the messages and the stories and the uh, and the example that Christ left us and the words that he said so that we can we can become better person people 
we can be, become a better person and we can become a better people. We can become a better family. We can become a better Christian American community. We can become a better country. We can bring our country back towards Christ. We're never going to be able to do it if the followers and the true believers, the ones who have the responsibility, the ones who have the knowledge of Christ, never speak up. So I encourage you today, this Friday, as you meet with your family, when you get off work today, or even as you go to work this Friday, speak words of inspiration to those around you. Speak words of inspiration to your colleagues and your co-workers and to your bosses and to your employees and to your fellow students and to your instructors and to all of those around you, wherever it is that you're going today. When you come back home, speak to your family, speak to your children, your aunts and your uncles, your fathers and your mothers, your grandfathers and your grandfathers and your grandmothers, your nieces and your nephews, whoever it is that's around you, your neighbors to your left and to your right and to your front and to your back and to your catacorner, left and right, doesn't matter. Barbecue together, eat together, break bread together, share love, laugh, and speak words of wisdom that Christ gave us. That's what I encourage you to do today, ladies and gentlemen. And as always, if you want to contribute to the Christian American community, if you want to go out and get yourself a high-speed hashtag pro-life tea like the one that I have on right now to help you speak your uh, your values, your beliefs into the world, where this, where your thoughts of where this country needs to go, like being pro-life, for instance, go to ChristianAmericanTees.com and pick yourself up a Christian American tea tank, sweatshirt, or hoodie, or a variety of other um, uh, other apparel and and as, as associated items that we have on there. We have uh, iPhone cases and tote bags and uh, 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 coffee mugs and, and a bunch of other stuff. Go to ChristianAmericanTees.com. Check that out. If you want to be a part of the Christian American community, you can where you can chat with us, you can DM with us, you can comment on our post, you can give us, uh, yeah, send us videos. Uh, words of advice, of encouragement, of correction, whatever it is, we will listen. Uh, we read everything. Nothing that you that you put out there goes unnoticed or goes unread, at least not intentionally. Uh, we try to look at everything that anyone writes. Go to Christian, uh, the Christian American community on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. If you go to YouTube, search this podcast, search for this podcast, Good Morning Christian America, and subscribe in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, you, if you're on the move, you can also go to, to Anchor. You can go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We can go to uh, Spotify and anywhere where they do podcasts. You can search Good Morning Christian America. Subscribe to the podcast. That way you get an update on your phone each and every time uh, this podcast comes out. This podcast comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We try to come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We've been pretty regular. Uh, so you want to do that. That way you stay in touch with all the Christian American uh, ongoings and ideas that we can spread to you guys because that's how we're going to get this message out. It's going to be us. There, there isn't anybody else to do it. It's going to be us. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, you guys, until we see you on Monday, you stay on fire for Christ. Get out there, do good works, and do good, and, and seek Christ's will uh, for you and for your life. And until Monday, stay, uh, stay on fire for Christ. Good morning, Christian America.